Hey, it's the weekend, man. We're super pumped. Where? Where's the weekend? Where's the weekend? No, blinded by the lights. Um, we got some great stuff to talk about today, but first, let's talk about our guy, our guest for this week, the one and only Jared Becker. He is like Hollywood's hottest rising star right now. He is, man. He is not only starring in other people's content, but this guy is writing and directing and producing his own content. And he's just, he's killing it right now, man. He's like fast rising, man. Yeah, I'm super excited for everybody to learn his story because he is a veteran and he has served our country very well. And he's just such an amazing individual, always brings the positive attitude to everything he does. So everybody's really going to love this interview. You. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Plus. That, uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> that is later on the show. Now, let's get a little crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. You guys know it's episode 166 Woo! this week, man. You see that? You see that's episode 200 on the horizon. It's right there. Yeah, it's right there, man. Oh, my goodness. Woo! So freaking pumped. We have a whole bunch to talk to you about. But first, you guys know your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? You guys know you can follow us both on social media, so be sure to do that while you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> and of course, we teased it on social media. We're talking about the emmys basically anything and everything going down with the emmys and uh, a little bit of lovecraft country see get nominated but got canceled yeah like what i know it's fucking crazy man i'm just saying should have got season two but of course you guys know if it's going down to hollywood we're talking about it we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about and we're gonna get a little crazy hell yes we are you know we are exactly exactly but before we get this thing started be sure to head over to our website www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We have all of the promotions always, so be sure to follow us on social media so you can know when those promotions are. We have something for everyone, and all of the proceeds will be going towards our post-production for our film Deadlines. That's right. And That's right. we would greatly appreciate it because, man, oh, man, it's a wild ride, but we're along <laughs> with the crazy train, man. All right, let's get it started. Emmy nominations. As you know, the Emmy nominations were announced this week on Tuesday. Uh, the Netflix is The Crown and Disney Plus is The Mandalorian tied for the most nominations with 24. Yes. Uh, among platforms, as usual, fight between HBO and Netflix uh, with a combined HBO and HBO Max just edging Netflix uh, out of the total nominations, uh, 130 to 129. So close, so close. So close. And uh, Disney Plus saw 71 nominations while NBC was fourth overall with 46 and a strong showing for broadcast network in the age of streaming the primetime emmys you guys know should uh will be airing live sundays september 19th on cbs and will stream on paramount plus at the same time yeah nbc should be proud because nobody fucking watches broadcast networks mm. anymore so to get that many nominations hey congratulations exactly now, the big question going in right we hear it constantly. We heard it right before Black Widow hit the box office. We hear it about the streaming shows. We hear it about superhero fatigue, superhero fatigue. Is there superhero? Everybody wants to say that there is. Well, the answer is no. Completely wrong. There is no superhero fatigue, as you saw with Black Widow at the box office dominating. And 
HBO's Watchmen, as you guys know, made television history in the first ever comic book adaptation to win a major Emmy Award last year for taking home Best Limited Series. This year, comic book adaptations made an even more heroic showing at the Emmy Awards. 39 nominations across six series. And for the first time in Emmy's history, two comic book adaptations earn nods in the top categories, not just below the line categories, top categories. WandaVision for best limited series and Amazon Prime's video, uh, the, the Boys, for best drama series. WandaVision, by the way, one of the leading nominees all around, just under the big boys, 23 nominations, including best actress for Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so freaking excited about that one. I know. I mean, it's just freaking awesome. It's a great time to be a geek. It's a great time to be a nerd with all of Mandalorian stuff and all the superhero stuff. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, we're finally getting the recognition that we deserve. Pop culture is (laughs) all around it. (laughs) We love it. And, of course, you guys know we have all of the nominations for you. So, let's get into it. I mean, start with the biggest category, drama series. This one nominated, the nominees are The Boys... (laughs) Bridgerton, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, Pose, and This Is Us. Man, this is a tough that category. Is a tough category. Any of those I'd be fine with winning, honestly. Um, lead actor in a drama series, Regé Jean Page from Bridgerton, Josh O'Connor from The Crown, Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Count, uh, Country, Matthew Reese from Perry Mason, Billy Porter from Pose, and the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sterling K. Brown, once again for This Is Us. Yes, and lead actress in a d- drama series, Olivia, Col- Olivia Coleman for the crown emma corin for the crown mm. elizabeth moss for handsmaid's tale yuzo Adaba <laughs> Adaba for in treatment uh journey smollett for lovecraft country and mj rodriguez for pose i gotta tell you i think that one's coming down between emma corin for the crown and uh lizzie for wandavision yeah but either it, or it's a big year for um handsmaid's tale too so i wouldn't be surprised if that one has a big night it is i just want to see somebody that hasn't won win damn yeah. it you know what i'm saying <laughs> supporting actor in a drama series let's see we've got tobias menezes for the crown we've got ot fabergé for the handsmaid's tale max mcnellia for the handsmaid's tale bradley whitford for the handsmaid's tale michael k williams for lovecraft country giancarlo esposito for the mandalorian john lithgow for perry mason and chris sullivan what toby hello toby Toby got the nod chris sullivan for this is us that makes sense with him losing his job and everything in this past season like he he had a lot of good storyline uh supporting actress in a drama series we have jillian anderson the crown Mm. helena bottom carter for the crown emerald Fennell from the crown uh, madeline brewer from handsmaid's tale and dowd from the handmaid's tale yvonne shavatsky from the handsmaid's tale samir wiley from the handsmaid's tale and Anjani ellis from lovecraft country see this is what i'm talking about literally i mean, I mean everybody from the handsmaid's tale you know what's nominated. odd so far just talking so far th- we haven't heard the marvelous mrs Maisel. no which usually dominates but yeah. no comedy series let's jump into it blackish cobra kai what that's kind of a dramedy i don't know but cobra kai emily in paris 
the flight attendant hacks the Comiskey method, Pen15, and Ted Lasso, which I'm betting if I was a betting man, that's the winner. Oh, yeah, for sure. Boy, Emily in Paris taking some heat the same way as it did when it got nominated for the Golden Globes. Yeah. Lay off, man. Okay, just lay off. It's a good show. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> lead actor in a comedy series. We got Anthony Anderson from Blackish, Keenan Thompson from Keenan, Michael Douglas from the Kaminsky Method, uh, William H. Macy from Shameless. I wouldn't be surprised if he yeah, wins. Yeah, the swan song. Yeah, and uh, Jason Sudeikis from Ted Lasso. Yes. Okay, lead actress in a comedy series. Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. Kaylee Cuoco for The Flight Attendant. Gene Smart for Hacks. Allison Janney for Mom. And Aldi Bryant for Shrill. I'm going with you, Allison Janney, probably for the same reason. Yep. The swan song on the way out. Agreed. And God knows she deserves it. Yeah, I mean, come especially on how the last season turned out Yeah. With fucking what's her face just bolting yeah crazy man crazy now we're at supporting actress in a comedy series we got rosie perez the flight attendant she's hilarious oh yeah that. uh hannah einbinder from hacks ad bryant from snl kate mckinnon from snl uh cecily or cecily strong from snl juno temple from ted lasso and hando walmingham from Ted Lasso. Ooh, so, okay. I know, right? Ted Lasso making an appearance as a lot. Uh, supporting actor in a comedy series. I'm betting we're going to see Ted Lasso on there a lot, too. Carl Lemons for Hacks. Paul Reiser for The Kaminsky Method. Keenan Thompson for Saturday Night Live. Bowen Yang for Saturday Night Live. And here we go. Brett Goldstein for Ted Lasso. Brendan Hunt for Ted Lasso. Nick Muhammad for Ted Lasso. And Jeremy Swift for Ted Lasso. Basically, any male in a supporting role on Ted Lasso was nominated. Right. <laughs> basically. Basically. Now heading over to limited or anthology series. Now this one is interesting because the Queen's Gambit wasn't out this year. It was a whole last year thing. So I'm very curious on to why it got nominated yeah. for it because it won some awards last Emmy. So it did. anyway, I may destroy you. Mayor of Easttown, the Queen's Gambit, the Underground Railroad, and WandaVision. <sighs> Come on, WandaVision. Right. WandaVision. Lead actress in a limited anthology or movie. Cynthia Nairo for Genius. Uh, and, of course, she plays Aretha. Michael Cole, I May Destroy You. Kate Winslet for Mayor of Easttown. Anya Taylor-Joy for The Queen's Gambit. And Lizzie Olsen for WandaVision. Yeah, buddy. And lead actor in a limited anthology slash movie. We got Ewan McGregor from Halston. We got Lin-Manuel Miranda from Hamilton. <sighs> Leslie Odom Jr. from Hamilton. Hugh Grant from The Undoing. And Paul Bettany from WandaVision. Yes. That's a tough category, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if anybody was wondering, because of the weird format, is it a movie? Is it a TV show? How the fuck? Hamilton? It did qualify. Obviously, we got some nominations for it. So there yeah. you go, if you were wondering. Supporting actor in a limited uh, anthology and or movie, you got <laughs> David Diggs for Hamilton, Jonathan Groff for Hamilton, Anthony Ramos for Hamilton, Papa Isidou, I May Destroy You, Evan Peters for Mayor of Easttown, and Thomas Brody Sangster, The Queen's Gambit. Mm, very interesting. I, I feel like that category is going to go to somebody from Hamilton. I think so. <laughs> um, supporting actress in a limited anthology slash movie, Renee Elise Goldsberry from Hamilton. Eliza! Uh, yep. Philippa So from Hamilton. Yes! Uh, Julianne Nolson, Nicholas Nicholson uh, from Mayor of Easttown, uh, Gene Smart Mayor are uh, from Mayor of Easttown, um, Moses Ingram from Queen's Gambit, and Catherine Hahn from WandaVision. Man, that's a tough one. Yeah, right. Obviously, the, the two from 
I mean, Hamilton, uh, come on now. Uh, I mean, but how do you not give it to Catherine Hahn? She was just so freaking phenomenal in WandaVision. Tough voting, man. Guest actor in a comedy series, Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman. The Kaminsky Method, Daniel Kaluuya for Saturday Night Live, Alec Baldwin for Saturday Night Live, Dave Chappelle for Saturday Night Live, and Dan Levy. First Saturday Night Live, right? Like, shit. Uh, <laughs> guest actor in a drama series. We got Charles Dance for The Crown. Don Cheadle, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Courtney B. Vance, Lovecraft Country. Carl Weathers, The Mandalorian. And Timothy Oflant from The Mandalorian. I feel if Timothy won, that would be justified. Dad <laughs> joke. All right, I'm just throwing it out there. Guest actress in a comedy series. Yvette Nicole Brown for a black lady sketch show. Issa Rae for a black lady sketch show. Jane Addams for Hacks. Kristen Wiig for Saturday Night Live. Maya Rudolph for Saturday Night Live. Bernadette Peters, yes, for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Come on now. man. So freaking good. And the last category of the evening, we have guest actress and a drama series. Claire Foy from The Crown. Mm. McKenna Grace, Handsmaid's Tale. Alexis Bledel, The Handsmaid's Tale. Sophie Okindo from Ratched. And Felicia Rashad from This Is Us. That's a tough category, too. I just, I mean, I'm sorry. But, I, 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 I don't mean, think she's got a chance in hell after what happened with her Bill Cosby. I mean, statement. you know, but I mean, her performance. Though. I know, I know. I just <laughs> think a lot of people are going to be like, eh. I'm, pull- I'm personally pulling for Rory. Come on. Alexis Bledel deserves it after all this time, right? Agreed, agreed. All right, jumping into Disney. Hey, Disney's seeing some management changes again. Longtime Disney corporate communications chief Zinnia Muka and general counsel Alan Braverman are stepping down from their post at the year's end. The scheduled departures of two of the top corporate officers will coincide with Bob Iger's exit from Disney's executive chairman position after more than 45 years with Disney and ABC. Now, Muka, this is crazy. Senior Executive Vice President and Chief Communications Officer, she had been with Disney's and been her chief spokesman since 2002, mm. and she came on during the last years of Michael Eisner's tenure as CEO. She joined the company the year before as head of communications for ABC and then was brought over by Eisner. And Braverman, Senior Executive and Vice President and General Counsel, and secretary joined ABC in 1993 and moved to Disney as the general counsel a decade later. This makes sense to me, though. They're like top lieutenants for Iger, and it only makes sense to me that they're all kind of leaving with Iger, and Chappick is going to be really in Staten himself. Like, like this is my people now. I've got to put them in. And it's, yeah, it's, he's basically got to build his own fort. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. there's nobody going to be staying around from the Iger term, which is very interesting because, I mean, you know, you had people like this past person who was from the Eisner term, stayed with Iger, but, I mean, they were super tight. But this one was kind of like, you know, up in the air. Not a lot of people really agreed with Chappet coming in. But it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. And it's playing over in ABC, too. Yeah, exactly. Brian Morowitz is also exiting as Senior VP of Drama at ABC. Brian has been with ABC for almost 17 years and had been for most of his recent position since 2016 in March uh, when he was promoted by then entertainment president uh, Channing Dungey 
There is no word yet on how Morowitz will be replaced or who will assume his drama duties. Ha <laughs> uh, Craig Earwitch, who serves as uh, ABC Entertainment president in addition to his role as head of programming for Hulu, announced the departure. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, man, a lot of people are just leaving well and now that they are like like you said he's gonna have to build his own community his own his own art and we're gonna see now the true chapic era yeah and will it or will it not be able to to keep up i don't know Woo! Okay, and like I said at the top of the show with the Emmys and the superhero dominance and no superhero fatigue, the box office proved it. Black Widow, going into this weekend, has already amassed, now this is as of Thursday because we didn't have Friday's numbers yet, but $106 million at the domestic box office, $225 million worldwide. It officially crossed the $100 million mark just six days after its release, making it the fastest film to do so since COVID-19 pandemic began. Black Widow managed to outpace all of the other big films, including F9 and all the ones that have come out prior to it, right? Uh, the box office run for Black Widow has been huge. The film earned $13.2 million in its Thursday night previews and theatrical showings set new pandemic era benchmarks on opening day in multiple international markets and altogether black widow opened up the 218 million worldwide including and we found out the numbers because disney wanted us to know this time 60 million of it on disney plus so superhero fatigue no that makes sense they're like yeah let's not release the fucking numbers for mulan or ryan the last dragon <laughs> right. but but it's know, marvel <laughs> but it's marvel it's fine yeah and alan bergman was like thrilled he he said guys it just proves after a two-year delay with no marvel movies people want marvel exactly and boom there you go exactly and i mean this theater fatigue too i think is gonna subside really soon oh yeah i went and saw space jam like in the first showing it was eleven fifty in the morning and it was damn near packed yeah, like there you I go. was super surprised. But I mean, more exciting news for Marvel and Disney. Local Loki is the first Marvel Disney Plus scripted originals to score a renewal for a season two. The comic book powerhouse used the mid credit scene in the season finale this week to formally announce that Tom Hiddleston's star would be back for a second season. No additional details were included beyond the title card with the news. But mm-hmm. super exciting, man. I got to say, I love the series as a whole, but the last episode was my least favorite episode. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was a, the last episode was strictly a setup for Doctor Strange yeah. and the multiverse and like all the stuff that's going on. So I don't know. Feige just keeps talking, though. It, you should go follow Feige if you're not following him because is Venom showing up in Spider Man? He pretty much confirmed that by not denying it. And multiple Spider Mans, he pretty much. He's just talking and talking and talking. You got to go follow that guy. Um, Hey, that's not all they have, though. Remember, they're doing an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Yeah, another one with Harrison Ford. He's on a break right now because he got hurt. Remember, he's yeah. on a little break right yeah. now. But they're still filming, they're still in production. And guess what? They've added another older legend <laughs> the mix and i'm saying that very politely i don't have any issue with that <laughs> antonio benderes antonio himself is the latest actor to join the cast of indiana jones 
five. Banderas will be joining Harrison Ford, who returns, obviously, as the main protagonist, along with Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mads Mikkelsen, Boyd Holbrook, Jeanette Renee Wilson, and Thomas Ketchuman. Mm. Now, the upcoming adventure film, which began shooting at Pinewood Studios near London in June, marks the first Indiana Jones movie to be produced under the Disney banner. That's right. If you guys weren't familiar with that, they, they have the rights to it now. While plot details about who Banderas is playing and what new adventure Indy will be facing, the film is currently slated to release in theaters on July 29th of next year. Very interesting. Very yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Antonio Banderas. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people were like kind of eh, weary about it, but I feel like they're trying to gather up a star-stubbed cast so they can be like, no, come. Harrison I, Ford's fine. Yeah, is, yeah, I just want to point out that Harrison Ford is now older than Sean Connery was when Sean Connery played his dad. Yeah. In the lab. I'm just yeah. Just saying. I'm just, okay. Harrison Ford is very much Michael Bolton, Bolton on the dating game. Crack that whip. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, Damn. Damn. Um, <laughs> Disney will raise the monthly and annual fees for ESPN Plus starting on August 13th. The price for an ESPN Plus subscription will raise to $6.99 a month, and that is $69.99 a year uh, from the $5.99 a month and the $59.99 per year. Prices for the bundle of all the Disney Plus services, which include Hulu and Disney Plus, remains unchanged. So Good. just get so, the bundle. Yeah. Like, ser- they just raised the bundle probably about six months ago to a, like a dollar more. But, yeah. I mean, it's still completely fine. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. It is. Oh, uh, Lily Singh. Were you worried about her after her show got canceled on NBC? Well, don't be worried about her. Lily Singh and Jason Blair are apparently joining the upcoming second season of Hulu's comedy series Dollface. Singh is going to apparently play a queer bar owner named Liv, who explores both a relationship and a business venture with Stella, obviously played by Shay Mitchell. This marks the actor's first booked role since ending her late night show, A Little Late with Lily Singh, and Blair apparently is going to play Liam, a new love interest for Izzy. So... There you go, guys. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't watched it, but I hear it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard through the grapevine. Uh, FX has tapped Zola director and co-writer Javiska Bravo uh, to direct the pilot of Kindred, starring mm. Mallory Johnson in the lead role. Based on the novel Octavia E. Butler, Kindred follows Diana. Diana. Uh, Johnson, who's played by Johnson, a young black woman and aspiring writer who's moved to Los Angeles in pursuit of an independent future. Uh, she soon finds herself pulled back and forth in time oh. to an uh, 1800s plantation to which her family is in immediate or intimately linked as an interracial romance weaves through the past and present uh, dana struggles to confront the secrets she never knew and ran through her blood oh Ooh, very intense that sounds like a little bit like that movie didn't they do a movie like that kind of with uh jonelle monet a little bit right yeah yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit like that but back and forth to the plantation and stuff I don't yeah know. the one that just came <clears throat> out right before covid yeah yeah, yeah. All right, jumping to Fox. Uh, the Last Police has received a pilot order at Fox. It marks the first pilot order from the network of the 2021-22 development season. Now, The Last Police follows a small-town police detective who, as an asteroid races towards an apocalyptic collision with Earth, believes she's been chosen to save humanity, while her cynical partner can't decide what he'll enjoy more, her delusional failure or the end of the world 
itself. What a douchebag. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Like, like, what the hell? What the fuck, is bro? Is this going to be the guy we love to hate? Like, I feel like it is. I, the, the asteroid should land on his ass. Yeah, That's all I'm exactly. saying. I mean. uh, Oliver Hudson <laughs> has been tapped as the male lead role opposite of Yoli Young in Fox's new drama series, The Cleaning Lady. Hudson is joining as a new series regular in a recasting that involved a role, a redevelopment. Oh. Uh, he will play FBI agent Garrett Miller, a newly created character that will replace... Uh, FBI Special Agent Gavin Ross, the character played in the pilot by Vincent Piazza, uh, who has exited the project. Hudson's Garrett Miller is an intensely competitive, brilliant, and Shyamalan-like FBI agent on the trail of Thani, who's played by Young and the Mob. Yeah, Elodie Young. I'm just a huge fan. I haven't watched this one yet, but I mean, it, that's Electra guys from Daredevil. If you if you didn't know, uh, so I'm I'm guessing that one's pretty good. Definitely want to check that one out. Definitely. All right. It wasn't all about the mouse. We have to jump to the bunny too, y'all. Warner Brothers has won apparently an auction for Chariot, mm. a feature pitch package that has Top Gun Maverick Helmer Joseph. Kaczynski attached to direct. Now, Chariot is based on the graphic novel written by comic book creator and screenwriter Brian Edward Hill. The pick was sold as a synthwave sci-fi thriller with strong roles for two A-list actors. We don't know who they will be, but apparently there's two strong roles. The Chariot was a Cold War era secret government project to provide its star agent with a weapon unlike any other in the form of -of state-of-the-art sports car. It sank into the ocean decades ago the agent along with it now a petty criminal looking to reform his life has stumbled upon the chariot and he's about to find out that the agent's consciousness is still controlling it is this fucking night right is this kick it's right. like this dead agent now like the voice in the car and this car is badass this sounds like a sci-fi Night ride. Yeah, <laughs> like, basically. I don't know. It's very interesting. Very interesting concept. Hmm. Um, HBO Max's <laughs> Julia Child drama has rounded out its class. Julia, which stars Sarah Lencher in the title role and added Robert Joy, Aaron Nofer, and James Cromwell. Oh, I love James Cromwell. And Adrian Lennox. And now, Julia is inspired by Child's extraordinary life and her long-running television show, The French Chef, which pioneered the popular cooking show genre, if anyone didn't know. At its heart, the series is a portrait of the loving marriage and an involving and complicated power dynamic. The series is currently in production. Stay tuned for more details. Sounds very interesting. It does. And I mean, if you guys have never been to the Smithsonian and seen Julia Child's kitchen, that the TV, you know, it's amazing. I mean, yeah, think about it. There's no like, you know, there's no Emerald. There's no like anybody without Julia Child first doing it. So exactly. that's fucking fantastic. Hey, What's Robert Downey Jr. doing now that the you know the whole Marvel gig's over, right? We know he's producing. He's behind the scenes a lot, and he's got a relationship with HBO, with Perry Mason and all that. Well, he's continuing that relationship with apparently with HBO and jumping back to TV for the first time since, I think, Ally McBeal. What? Holy shit. Robert Downey Jr., 
is apparently set to co-star in as well as produce The Sympathizer, HBO's upcoming adaptation of Viet Thang Nguyen's best-selling debut espionage thriller. The Sympathizer is described as a cross-culture satire about the struggles of a half-French, half-Vietnamese communist spy during the final days of the Vietnam War and his resulting exile to the United States. A worldwide search is currently underway for the lead role and the rest of the predominantly Vietnamese ensemble. So who's Robert Downey Jr. playing? Because obviously he's not going to be the Vietnamese lead. Right. Downey will apparently play multiple supporting roles, all of whom which will represent different arms of the American establishment. These main antagonists will include an up-and-coming Orange County congressman, a CIA operative, and a Hollywood film director. Oh, wow. I'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in. Downey Jr. is going to slay that yeah, shit. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I knew he wasn't going to Tropic Thunder that shit. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm super excited about this, though, because searching the world for the title character, yes. that means hopefully some undiscovered talent will be brought forth, and especially in a very underutilized race and you know we need more asian people coming in front of we the do. screen and giving all their all uh now the gossip girl reboot made its mark on hbo max upcoming uh upon its premiere becoming the streamer's most watched original series over the first week of availability hmm. according to hbo max the updated gossip girl saw a record viewership over the first four days availability the first episode opened uh to like five hundred and fifty-five thousand viewers in the u.s households oh. Beyond HBO Max stats, Gossip Girl took over Twitter on its premiere date, with the show sliding into the number one trending spot. Gossip Girl stayed at the top five trends uh, through midday. And on TikTok, the series gained around 15 billion impressions of content inspired by the series. That's crazy. I'm surprised that this retelling or how reboot, basically, that's what it is. I'm surprised this reboot has gained this much momentum from, like, it seems like a younger audience, too. Yeah, I, I guess be, I, it fits with the social media trend, though, right? Like, it's that kind of a, a, a thing. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess that's why. I don't know. But you're right. I think it's definitely trending to a younger audience, which, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Rutina Wesley, Mamie Gummer. Meryl Streep's daughter, as you were listening to the show last week, I told you. Yes. Nora Dunn and Henry G. Sanders are among nine cast in HBO Max's DMZ, a DC drama based on the comic series created by Brian Wood and Ricardo Bertrelli. And we told you about this one. Ava DuVernay and uh, Robert Patino and Warner Brothers are actually behind it. So also joining uh, are the stars Rosario Dawson and Benjamin Bratt in the limited series. And uh, Venus Ariel, Jade Wu, Ray Galagos, Adam Darcy, and Joanny Felez. Wow, that's a like huge cast. Seriously? DuVernay apparently directed the first episode and executive produces the series. DMZ is set in the near future when America is embroiled in a bitter civil war, leaving Manhattan, a demilitarized zone, hence DMZ, destroyed and isolated from the rest of the world. It chronicles the harrowing journey of fearless and fierce medic Alma Ortega, who's Rosario Dawson, to find the son she lost in the evacuation of New York City at the onset of the conflict. Now, apparently, the drama will examine the stark political and cultural divide in American society, where Alma must contend with the gangs, militias, demagogues, and warlords that control the lawless no-man's land. Good. Damn. We need a, a, a form of entertainment that addresses these issues. 
We talk about it all the time. Yeah. And this is the way to do it. This is how you get people to talk. That's crazy. And I mean, that's definitely going to be very entertaining. So that's going to start a whole bunch of conversation. So I'm excited about that one, man. Uh, Next one, my boy Zach Braff, the actor (laughs) turned into director who snagged an Emmy nomination this week for directing a comedy series of his work on the hit show Ted Lasso is going back in front of the camera. The actor has joined the cast of Moonshot, a new lines uh, sci-fi rom-com made for HBO Max. Cole Sprouse, Alana Condor, Mason Gooding, Emily Rudd, and Lucas Cage or Gage are attached to Star. The story is set in the, in a future where Mars has been terraformed and colonized by uh, the best humanity has to offer. Two mm. very different college students uh, wind up joining forces to sneak aboard a space shuttle to the Red Planet in order to be united with their significant others. Oh. Very interesting. Now, I'm just going to say, do you think their significant others probably hooked up on Mars and these two will probably hook up? Because, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, sure. I feel like that's, that's how, how I mean, it's going to go. That's how it always happens. <laughs> but I just love, like, sci-fi is coming back into the forefront. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a while, right? And it all started with Tom Cruise announcing that he wanted to do a film in space. That's what I'm it just is. Kidding. I don't know. <laughs> but it is good to see, though. You're right. It and, is. Uh, um, oh, yeah. This is a good one, too. Oscar winner Matthew A. Cherry. Remember Hair Love, the animated short that won for the Oscar Hair Love? Apparently, he's partnering with director-writer Chaz Bottoms to adapt Bottoms' animated short, Batu, an animated musical. They're going to turn it into a series. And get this. Cartoon Network is going to be on board to develop it. Batu with Cherry and Bottoms, is described as coming-of-age musical comedy series about a young group of misfit dreamers who move to their own beat. Batu will follow Chicago teens Otis and Jada, who are gifted dancers but free spirits who find themselves outcasts in a world of mainstream dance. They join a troupe of hiplet, a mix of hip-hop and bands, da- a ballet dance, dancers where they find acceptance among their peers and instructors. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I mean, we don't get a lot of content where it's about like ballet and dance and stuff like yeah. that. And especially to bring inclusiveness into it, I feel like that's a good move. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Heading over to Viacom CBS, uh, Gene Smart, who we just talked about for Emmy nominations, who is generating significant Emmy Award buzz thanks to her uh, starring turn in HBO Max's comedy Hacks, which I heard is pretty good. I haven't yeah. started it, but I heard it's pretty good, uh, is the latest to join the all-star cast of Babylon, the ode to Hollywood's golden age with Damien Chazelle wrote and is directing for Paramount Pictures. As we've told you on previous shows, Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Diego Calva, and along with Javon Abdi. Adubu, uh, Lin Jun Lee, <laughs> Catherine Waterston uh, led the cast in the production as they began shooting in Los Angeles this last week. Sources say that Smart is playing Hollywood journalist, critic who can make or break careers. Uh, mm. Paramount planning a platformed release opening limitedly, uh, limitedly. On December 25th, Christmas Day, 2022, before a wide release 
on January 6th of 2023. I'm super pumped about this one. We've been talking about it for a while now, at least a few months. But Damien Chazelle, fucking La La Land, you you, you know, he's done so. It's old Hollywood. They're, you're talking about old Hollywood, right? Talky era and everything. So, I, I mean, I'm all in. <laughs> I just, I'm so excited about Anything this Brad Pitt's attached to. I like to add, add Astra because Brad Pitt, I mean. You know. uh, it's true. It's true. You, it's all about hair for you. I mean, Patrick you know. Dempsey, Brad Pitt, they've all got good hair. Yes, uh, That's what yeah. it is. I think that's what it is. Yeah, Maybe. Know. I mean, you know, they can also act, they but can. I mean, they, they've got good hair. <laughs> hey, that guy that directed WandaVision, he's pretty popular right now, he thanks is. to that, right? I'm talking about Matt Shackman. Well, apparently, he's been tapped to um, help the other guys, Paramount, instead yeah. of Marvel and Disney. He's been brought on board by Paramount and Bad Robot to direct the next Star Trek feature film. Now, the cast, however, remains unclear, although I'm pretty sure they're trying to get the new iteration of them, Chris Pine, all the guys back. Um, Shackman directed one previous feature film, the 2015 indie thriller Cut Bank, with Liam Hemsworth and Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, very! I can't say I've ever heard of that one, but right. I'm going to go back and watch it now. Hey, look, fact is, he was brilliant. What he did on WandaVision yeah. definitely gets him a shot at other things. Exactly, so. exactly. I mean, you know, got, you piqued my interest. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah. We'll yeah. see. Uh, CBS and the Television Academy have tapped Cedric the Entertainer to host the 2021 Emmy Awards. Oh. The awards will return to the usual home at the Microsoft Theater in downtown L.A. for the September 19th ceremony. The show is also featured a limited in-person audience of nominees and their guests as last year's virtual affair. Um, after last year's virtual affair, the executive producers of last year's well-reviewed show, uh, Reginald Holdlin and Ian Stewart, and director Hamish Hamilton will return for uh, the 2021 Emmys. Yeah, good so call. That's really good. Good yeah. call because they're brilliant. And they, uh, yeah, I thought last year's Emmys were done really well. Yeah, they well, executed so. it very well. Exactly. Oh, and hey, by the way, guys, if you hadn't figured out, we've jumped to the eye. Yes. <laughs> Viacom CBS. I said Viacom CBS. Did you? Yeah. See, see I was just. I was confused by the hair. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking about the hair. It's okay. Because I don't have any hair. He forgets things. <laughs> it's fine. True. Like hair. <laughs> hey, Jerry O'Connell. You remember that guy? Jerry Maguire? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Stand By Me. That's I'm always going to remember him. Stand By Me. And now what? Star Trek Lower Decks. He's on there uh, as the yeah. um, second in command. Jerry O'Connell, anyway, has joined daytime talk show The Talk as its first male co-host. Mm. Oh, more than three months after former co-host Sharon Osbourne made her controversial exit. O'Connell expands the team of co-hosts that already includes Cheryl Underwood, Carrie, and, um, uh, Carrie Ann Anaba, uh, Amanda Klutz, Eve, and Elaine Welterton. Now, his addition comes after, like I said, Osborne left the show in March after coming under fire for defending Piers Morgan's controversial comments about mental health and uh, Meghan Markle. Yeah. I mean, this definition, I mean, the talk and the view are definitions of controversial like yeah, i mean yeah. so i you know it just is what it is they like to stir up some shit they i mean of course it's needed because i mean you know it's the debate of america everybody having conversations but it's just all a bunch of people arguing. i like the idea though of adding a male yeah i, I mean i think too. the view should add a male after all these years too you need so. a male point of view yeah you know i get when they when both these shows started it was we need to hear more from females we yeah. need more female input and female but it's time now and, and maybe you know uh what's her face megan there is uh 
McCain is leaving the view, so maybe yeah. they put in a guy. Exactly. Just saying. You never know. You never know. Uh, Alexa Davalos has been tapped to lead opposite of Julian McCann uh, for <laughs> CBS's uh, FBI Most Wanted, the show's upcoming third season. As a new series regular, she will play FBI agent the FBI agent who joins Jess, Jess's team, in addition to uh, McCannon. Uh, Dalo, Dav, you see, you messed me all up. I know, Davalos, uh, joined fellow regulars, uh, Kellen Lutz, uh, Roxy Sternberg, uh, Keisha Castle Hughes, and Miguel Gomez for the third season of FBI's Most Wanted. It will launch part of the three hour crossover premiere event alongside FBI in the new series, FBI International, to kick off. The all FBI Tuesdays on CBS this fall. Dick Wolf just wants to dominate every network with like blocks of fucking shows. Like, okay. That's crazy. I mean, seriously. Hey, no surprise here. Come on. People of my nation gather. It's your time, okay? Paramount Plus has renewed its revival of the Nickelodeon hit iCarly for a second season. The series, which premiered in June on Paramount Plus, once again stars Miranda Cosgrove as influencer Carly Shay. Now, according to the streamer, the new iCarly has become one of Paramount Plus's top acquisition drivers and is among the platform's most watched series since its debut. Seven of the first uh, season's 13 episodes are already out to be able to watch, and the rest will be rolling out soon. They roll out weekly on Thursdays. Season two is uh, set to begin filming in Los Angeles in the fall, so not right around the corner. That makes sense. I mean, all the kids who watched it, have that, I mean, and the adults that watched it with their kids, I mean, the, that was one of the ones that was entertaining to actually watch Absolutely. and standable, but now it's like... An adult version of iCarly. I think it's great. I, I do too. And and we were talking about this off off uh, before we started recording and, and with Emily. And they didn't change anything. It's an adult version of it. And they're dealing with adult topics. But everything that worked with the original, they didn't fuck with. It exactly. works for the new one. So I'm glad about this. I, I, I enjoyed the show. Exactly. So. Uh, this next one's very interesting. I don't know why. I mean, they just keep going back to the grave site <laughs> and digging up bodies, I guess. Uh, Paramount Damn. Plus has ordered uh, a Paramount Television Studios' Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies to series. Uh, the Grease prequels take place four years before Sandy and Danny's relationship throws Rydell high into its tail spin. Uh, before rock and roll ruled before the T-Birds were the coolest guys in school. Uh, four fed up outcast girls dare to have fun on their own terms and spark a moral pandemic uh, panic uh, that will change Rydell High forever. The hour-long musical comedy will highlight the rise of the original four pink ladies, Rizzo, Jan, Marty, and Frenchie, long before they had to whip into shape the clean-cut new girl from Australia. Um, Digging up bodies, man. Leave it dead. Leave it dead. <laughs> like... I'm just saying, <laughs> we don't care about Greece. I don't. I'm just saying, I but, I don't. But, no. but Greece is the word. Fuck, is the word. Fuck is the word. <laughs> like seriously, how can you hate Greece? It's all about hair. Goddamn, it's all about hair. Greece Travolta sucks. had hair. Bobby Conway had hair. He was, was probably just... wearing a wig. That bald bastard. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Hey, if you weren't one of the lucky ones who saw A Quiet Place 2 in the theaters, you still can, by the way. It's still out there. But if you want to watch it at home, I did the other day, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it's on Paramount Plus now, just so stream away. 
it actually began streaming just 45 days after its May release in the theaters. So um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's well worth it. If you have Paramount Plus, watch it. Check it out. It's a great movie. Definitely sets up a third one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Obviously. Uh, Jennifer Carpenter is set to return for the Dexter Limited Series mm. revival at Showtime. Speaking of digging up the dead. Yeah, literally. Uh, Carpenter played Deb Morgan in the original Dexter series, which ran for eight seasons back in 2006 to 2013. Carpenter's character is the adopted sister of Michael C. Hall's Dexter Morgan, and was famously killed in the show's season finale. Showtime declined to comment um, because on the casting because they're digging up bodies, That's man. That's right, man. How you bring back a dead character? I mean, going to be flashbacks? Is she going to be like that ghost that's his conscience now? Like, how, how are we going to do it? We don't know. We do not know, but we do know that Showtime has picked up the half-hour comedy series I love this for you. Based on former Saturday Night Live star Vanessa Bayer's own story of overcoming childhood leukemia. Mm. Oh. Now, Bayer co-created the series and will executive produce and star in it. Fellow Saturday Night Live alum Molly Shannon will also star, while Sybil Shepard, who had originally signed on to star opposite Bayer and Shannon, has apparently departed the project. Her role is going to be recast. Now, the story follows a woman looking to shed her past cancer identity and dreaming of becoming a host at a home shopping channel. She moves away from her parents, falls in love, and befriends the star of a home shopping channel run by an eccentric billionaire, oh, which wow. is who Sybil Shepard was supposed to play, the billionaire. Yeah, but, yeah this sounds interesting that does I mean, sound interesting i mean it's really gonna bring like a moral compass plus with some you know some greed so it's gonna be very interesting it's gonna be very <laughs> and they're not digging up anybody they're not they're not um i mean you brought it up earlier dick wolf is trying to rule the world so this next one is very interesting heading over to nbc universal nbc is not moving forward with law and order for the defense which had been announced earlier yeah, this spring what? as the latest installment of the dick wolf's law and order franchise universe instead the blacklist will shift to Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time this fall. And when for the def- uh, for the defense had originally been scheduled, although for the defense isn't moving forward, insiders confirm that NBC, Wolf, and uh, Universal TV are developing another title under the Law and Order banner. Why? <laughs> I mean, you didn't even start. Like, come. on. On. I mean, you already have like thirty-five thousand shows. Like, like, I know. do we need another Law and Order? Seriously. I, I mean, I love Law and Order, and organized crime is kicking ass. It's I'm great to see Stabler back and all that. But do we need another one? I mean, and this isn't the first one to not move forward. Remember, it was supposed to be Law and Order Hate Crimes. Yeah. Like back in the day, that one never saw the light of day either. So I don't know. I don't know, man. This one's kind of weird, too, but hey, let's go with it. NBC apparently is back in business with Good Girls creator and executive producer Jenna Bands on another dark thriller dramedy about female friends from Universal Television. Hmm. Hmm. Well, NBC is developing Red Rum... I'm not sure if it's re- red, rom, red. I don't know if it's related, but we'll find out, I guess. Written, directed, and executive produced by Zynga Stewart based on her original idea. So I guess it's not related to red, rom, red, rom. And executive produced by bands through her production banner, Minnesota Logging Company. 
Now, apparently the project was sold to NBC before they decided last month to not renew Good Girls for a fifth season. Red Rum is described as a sexy, swampy, dark, dramedy thriller about two best friends, Jess and Sadie, who host a podcast about New Orleans' most infamous serial killers. But when they make fun of the wrong sociopath and people close to them start to turn up dead, our friends, who are grossly ill-equipped for this unfortunate circumstance, realize they have to do what the police haven't find the killer before they become the victims of their own story that sounds interesting that I, really I, I'm, I'm kind of down for uh, this. yeah i mean <laughs> shit but i'm calling up stephen king right now to see if he knows about this red rum bullshit yeah right like, what I, the like, fuck? I mean I, hopefully that's a working title because if not i feel like king's gonna sue yeah seriously I'm just saying seriously but this i mean it sounds like good girls meets like riverdale like, yeah, kind, kind yeah. Of, so. set in New Orleans. Set I love Orleans. anything set in New Orleans. If you're going to have sure. sociopaths and creepy killers, New Orleans is the place to do it. Keep it easy, man. <laughs> Keep it easy. Uh, heading over to Sony, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad creator Vince Gillian, Gilligan uh, will stay at Sony Pictures Television for another four years. Thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> signing an extension to his his exiting overall deal, uh, Gilligan has been with Sony Television for more than fifteen years. It's, I mean, it's basically his home. Yeah, he will continue to serve as co showrunner of Better Call Saul alongside co creator Peter Gold, and for the AMC drama's sixth season and its last season. It will also be developing a new project for the studio via his Highbridge Productions banner. Mm. Very interesting. I wonder if it's going to have anything to do with crime or <laughs> drugs. I, I'm like, betting yes. I'm betting yes, but yeah. it seems to be his forte. Exactly. Alright, jumping to MGM, the studio that wasn't for sale, is for sale, wasn't for sale, sold. MGM, <laughs> Wes Took has signed on, apparently, to write MGM's reimagining of the Thomas Crown Affair, starring Michael B. Jordan. What? That's going to be awesome. Jordan is also producing via his Outlier Society banner, as well as Joe and Anthony Russo through their Agbo banner. Now, the property is of a high priority for the studio, given how popular the intellectual property is at the moment, as well as how popular Michael B. Jordan is, being the industry's biggest stars. Took is also on the rise as he's quickly becoming known as one of the most right, uh, known directors and writers in demand right now. So, oh. um, I'm, I mean, it's been a while. Thomas Crown Affair, that the last one I can remember was uh, with Pierce Brosnan, and that yeah. was like way back in the day. So I don't know, but Michael B. Jordan with anything is gonna do well. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I have a story about him uh, when we get later on into the box office. It's gonna be great. Um, <laughs> stay tuned for it. Lionsgate Spyglass Media, which acquired the Weinstein Company's film and television library in bankruptcy auction about three years ago, announced this week that it has sold a boat of the feature film library to Lionsgate Entertainment. Oh. The sale part of the broader partnership under which Lionsgate takes 20% equity stake in Spyglass and Spyglass gets a first look TV deal with Lionsgate. The financial terms were not disclosed. The sale includes three Quentin Tarantino films, uh, Django Unchained, Inglorious Bastards, and The Hateful Eight, oh. uh, as well as several other critically acclaimed Weinstein productions, including Silver Linings Playbook, The King's Speech, uh, Fruitvale Station, mm. and Spyglass will keep about 70 titles, including Project One Way, Runway, the upside, and the forthcoming installment of the Scream franchise. Oh. But, I mean, shit. I mean, those 
those Tarantino movies, like they brought in a good amount of funds. So oh yeah, that's that's crazy to sell off. Yeah, man. I mean, it just I guess they need money. Huh? Yeah, I don't that makes know. sense. <laughs> um, hey, Anna Kendrick has apparently <laughs> nabbed the lead role for Alice Darling, a psychological thriller from director Mary Nye and Lionsgate. Uh, Kendrick will play Alice, obviously, who is behaving strangely, keeping secrets about her mercurial boyfriend and two best friends. Hmm. hmm. Well, is that acting strangely, keeping secrets about your boyfriend and two best friends? Yeah. Hi. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Anna Kendrick, she, she's a good crazy chick, though. She is. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a good one. Exactly. A simple favor was great. Oh, so but yeah. Hell yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, Marco Zaro, Zario, uh, best known for... The stars of Dust Till Dawn, the series, is in negotiations to join the Ensemble Lionsgate cast of John Wick 4, starring Keanu oh. Reeves, Donnie Yen, Rena Sawaima, uh, Scott Adkins, Lance Reddick, and Shamir Anderson are also on board this thing. Chad Stahusky uh, returns as the director, and the film is set for a theatrical release on May 27th of 2022 mm, i know you're excited about that i'm very excited i mean plus you got the fourth installment of the matrix like keanu's gonna have a great year oh yeah he, i mean clearly it, it's keanu reeves yeah i know how to make movies <laughs> yeah right uh power book three in case you were wondering raising uh canon the third book in the growing power universe on stars has apparently got an early renewal for a second season ahead of the debut uh on july 18th the prequel's green light comes a strong demand for spinoffs of rapper Curtis 50 Cent's Jackson's original power show. This one makes sense. That does make sense. And I mean, I basically think Kanan is like who 50 Cent was before he got yeah. into the entertainment industry. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he tells his backstory again and maybe a little different from Get Rich or Die Try in the film. So I'm excited about that one, though, because yeah. anything he does right now has been fucking great. For life, hopefully. IMDb, you know, yeah, that'd uh, be awesome. That'd be awesome, yeah. yeah. Uh, Netflix, Archwell Productions, the Netflix-based shingle pro, uh, launched by Prince Harry and the one and only Meghan Markle, are getting into the animation business because who's not at the moment? Exactly. Uh, Meghan, the Duchess, the Duchess of Usix, is the creator behind Pearl, described as a family series that centers on the adventures of a 12-year-old girl who is inspired by a variety of influential women from history. Markle will executive produce Pearl, which is a working title at the moment, and with David Furnish, uh, Carolyn Soper, uh, Liz Garbus, and Dan Kogan, mm. and Amanda Rinda have been tapped she has been tapped as the showrunner and executive producer. Markle said in a statement, quote, Like many girls her age, our heroine Pearl is on a journey of self-discovery as she tries to overcome life's daily challenges. I'm thrilled that Archie Well Productions partnered with the powerhouse platform of Netflix and these incredible producers we together bring to you this new animated series which celebrates extraordinary women throughout our history damn yeah they're gonna be making some great content they, they, really, they are. really are you know fuck you pierce morgan like yeah, there you go seriously. right uh-huh uh-huh 
I'm glad for them, though. I, I'm, I am I'm too. just happy that everything's working out it. for them. Now, speaking of a powerful woman who's who's pretty well known in history, talking about former First Lady Michelle Obama and the hubby there, Barry. Remember him? Yeah. Well, apparently Netflix has ordered a six-part anthology blackout to be produced by the Obamas Higher Ground Banner and Temple Hill. The project will tell six different stories of black teenagers who find love during a power outage in New York City. Now, each installment will be penned by a different writer. The project is being developed concurrently as a TV and a film project through Higher Ground's overall deal with Netflix. Now, this is interesting. This is some big names. On board to write the installments are Donnelly Clayton from the uh, Tiny Pretty Things, Tiffany D. Jackson from Allegedly, Nick Stone from Dear Martin, Angie Thomas, The Hate You Give, Ashley Woodfook, The Beauty in the Rem- That Remains, and Nicola Yoon, Everything, Everything. There's no word yet on a target premiere date for Blackout, though, so we'll keep you posted on that, but that sounds awesome. It really does. It really does. Now, this next one's a fucking ripoff. I'm just <laughs> of saying. Selena, yeah. Of Selena, Like, what the hell? <laughs> Paris is just trying to get in everybody's shit. <laughs> Paris Hilton is set to star in a new series with Netflix called Cooking with Paris. Uh, the amateur cooking show will feature the hotel heiress and business mogul learning her way around the kitchen to help with her famous friends in the kitchen as well. The series will take a spin on the traditional cooking show as Hilton is not trained chef and she doesn't really know how to fucking cook. But she certainly knows how to entertain viewers at home. Cooking with Paris will launch globally (laughs) on the streaming giant August 4th with six half-hour episodes. She certainly knows how to entertain viewers at home. <laughs> Is Netflix going wink, wink, nudge, nudge? This show's going to be naked? Right. Like, because that's 16. the only way I would tune into that. Like, why are we watching this? Why are we watching it? Like, like, no, I'm with you. This is totally stupid. It is. This is it's totally so stupid. She's famous for being naked. Yeah. Or her family's rich hotels. I mean, like, I, yeah, God, nobody gives no a shit. reason for her to be in the limelight. She's technically a DJ now, but what the fuck ever. I just don't know. Like, seriously. Okay, so as bad as that is, Netflix is actually doing some decent stuff though netflix and gold house have created a partnership called netflix gold to amplify api stories artists and creators now the partnership marks an evolution for the nonprofit collective of asian and pacific islanders cultural leaders behind gold house by expanding their support for beyond films for asian audiences gold house will work closely with netflix to amplify all culturally relevant stories inclusive of films series documentaries and stand-ups and will engage in the uh, Asian and Pacific uh, Islander community through private and public experiences to celebrate diverse, multi-dimensional storytelling. Yay! We need more of that. We were just talking about that. We exactly. need more a- Asian culture. So Love it, man. Love it. All of them are doing it. All just of them don't are doing do it. the Paris thing. Don't do it. I'm just saying. <laughs> don't fucking do it. Uh, Amazon's James Corden and Sally Hawkins are to star in Amazon's upcoming comedy drama, The um, Mammal? Ma- Mammals. Mammals. Okay. Uh, the six-part series starts production this month. Plot details are somewhat vague, but sources tell us that it is about the challenges of marriage. 
Yeah. And it's called mammals. Yeah. I don't. I don't care. It could be called whatever. I don't give a shit. It's James Corden, so it's gonna work. It's gonna be funny, and I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's and about as simple as it gets. Very right there. interesting. Though. Um. Oh. Oh, I know. You're going to be devastated by this one. We are not. About fucking uh, Amazon has scrapped plans to move forward with its scripted Tiger King drama and series based on the Netflix docuseries. Nicolas Cage was due to star as Joe Exotic in the series. The show, which was envisioned as an eight-episode limited series, is being shopped around to other outlets by the producers. But when asked, Nick Cage said... It's just not relevant anymore. Thank you. See? They've even been your, listening to the show. Yeah, even your star said it. It's just not relevant anymore. It's just really like, not. Just move like, on. Thank God. <laughs> Let the dead person die. Listen to Nick. <laughs> like, seriously. Oh, thank you, Amazon. Thank you. God damn. Now, heading over to Apple. <laughs> John Stewart is set to get back in front of the live studio audience for his new Apple show. Stewart is shooting The Problem with John Stewart <laughs> in New York on July 14th and July 16th in front of a fully vaccinated crowd. The series will acquire attendees to be fully vaccinated, uh, provide official vaccination cards, and complete a wellness screening prior to entering audiences and crew members will be required to wear masks at all times the show will launch this fall this hour-long current affairs format with a single issue topic explored each episode interesting very yeah so i wonder i mean with them going so deep into like they're going to be okay they're going to be vaccinated we're going to prove it every which way i wonder if it's going to be kind of like oprah where he's like in the crowd talking to these people about the different uh, topics i don't know that'd be interesting though i'm just happy to see him back on the air yeah, and, and he's doing hilarious. some stuff he's great yeah so. seriously brings a very middle ground to it does in my Woo! Man, that was jam-packed. It was. That lived up to the moniker, if it's happening in Hollywood, we're talking about it, because that was everything. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Now it is time to talk to the one and only Jared Becker. Yes. Guys, we're super pumped. Oh, he's such a humble individual. Like, this guy is literally busy as hell, doing everything, but literally, he picked up our phone call. We were so super surprised, because like we said, <laughs> he is all over the map doing every single thing in the entertainment industry. But but you guys are going to love this interview because he is a top rising star right now and he's going to give you pieces of advice throughout the whole thing to where you can break into it and keep your mental health strong to keep moving forward. Absolutely. And humble is the right word. This guy will not take credit for his own success. He won't. I mean, he had some very kind words to say about us, but trust us, he is making it because he is extremely talented and this guy is just slaying, okay? You're going to love this one. Agreed. Agreed. Well, here he is. Jared Becker, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you guys doing? Oh, man. Awesome, bro. Living the dream. Living the dream. Yes. <laughs> we're super excited Glad to, to have it. you on, man. We, we've been waiting a while to talk to you. Uh, you know, we're super stoked, and I know the fans are going to love this one. So Perfect. Yeah, no, I, I've been following y'all's podcast for a long time now, and now that I, I get to be here, it's kind of like one of those bucket list moments for me, honestly. So <laughs> I, just, I 
appreciate you guys so much. Oh, dude. All right. All right. Well, no high expectations for us to try to live up to. Okay, thanks. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just all a fun time, man. It's all a fun time. Later down the line, we'll be talking about shows we'll watch and, like, recent movies that you've gone and seen. Just fun stuff. You know, we like to get a little crazy. You know how it goes. <laughs> of course. But, you got to get crazy. You have to live up to that name. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of, man, you're living up to a name, dude. You're just slaying. Uh, you're, like, quickly rising out in the industry as an actor and we're super pumped to have you on because that's so inspiring to all of the listeners if you've been listening to the podcast a while like you said you know it's all about inspiring others to chase the dream and kind of helping out and getting them to what can i do what can i not do so let's talk about it how did you get into acting was it something that you had always wanted to do or did you kind of fall into it Give us a story, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, even from a young age, I just in, really enjoyed creating characters to play. It was just a, a way to escape reality for me. Um, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in southern Illinois. Didn't have a whole lot to do, so why not make up your own reality? Absolutely. And and just, you know, one thing led to another. And I'm very blessed to, you know, my mom didn't shy away from my creativity. She really embraced it. and told me I can be whatever I wanted to be and be with whoever I wanted to be with, which was very um, helped with the inspiration. And I, I just did a little bit of um, competitive theater in high school. And then I signed with my first agent in Nashville, Tennessee at 16. Nice. And then, yeah, I did, did some smaller things there, commercials, some background work. And then when that agent retired, I was like, oh, I've got no option right now. So I, <laughs> I was like, I could either go to the east or west coast and try to, to make it happen on my own, or I can do something to give me more life experience and help uh, develop as a, as a human being. So I joined the Air Force and uh, did that for six years. And then I separated in 2019 from active duty. And I, I thought to myself, well, let's let's jump back in. you know. And as I started to do it, lo and behold, the pandemic hit. Everything locked down and, <laughs> and Hollywood shut down. And I was like, oh, gosh, I hope this isn't a sign. And then but I wish I was just really determined to do it. And, and the thing is, if you believe in yourself, you know, do what you have to do to get there. So I, I don't think I've ever told you guys this. So I went on to um, IMDb and started looking at uh, casting calls. And I found this short film and I reached out and it was you guys. <laughs> and I, you were my first audition back into the industry. Well, oh, look wow. at that. Okay. That, that makes me feel honored. Like, yeah. shit. Because, I mean, now you're rocking and rolling. First off, I mean, we have to say thank you for your service because, I mean, without that, I mean, it's immensely grateful for everybody here. You already know. But, like I said, that just completely humbling and honored because, like, you basically started the ball. You de- basically, like, you created this character that we just kind of ran with. Of course, like, story changes and everything happens like that. But yeah. you you made the structure of this character to where when we were looking for different actors and actresses, we were like – they have to play the character like Jared played yeah. the character. <laughs> oh, gosh, thank you so much. Even though we changed it to a female, we needed that female to be like Jared. <laughs> so yeah. It was, and we should tell everybody, you absolutely blew us away with the performance, right? And so we were like, well, we're going to change this one and we're going to make it a female and we're going to kind of go in a different direction. But then we had you read for another project that we're working on and basically really kind of created a character for you in that project because we were so blown away by what you did oh so um yeah so and that one's coming buddy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I, i'm excited it's in my back pocket I, I every time i think about it i just get so excited 
Oh, yeah. But yeah, honestly, you guys helped really jumpstart me back into this industry. Well, because good. coming into it from being out of it for so long and thinking, you know, I, I believe in myself, I feel like I have talent. And then you guys really emphasizing it and, and acknowledging what I was doing gave me the, the ability to want to keep moving forward. And here we are now, almost a, a year later, and all these things are happening. And, and you know, I owe my success to you guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we'll take that, but that's not – no, no, no. That is not true, man. Your success is because you're crazy talented, bro, and that – that. but all we really appreciate those words, though, because as Logan says all the time, this podcast is meant for that, to inspire people to go after their dreams and to believe in themselves, and you're, you're the epitome of what we want to do for people with this podcast, man, so we could not be more happy that it worked out the way it's worked out for you oh thank you so much of course man of course i mean look at you now look at you now you're freaking attached to multiple different things and you got your projects of your own in the works and of course like dude you're everywhere now basically i mean it's hard to get a hold of you this is how busy you are (laughs) it's hard to get a hold of you yeah it it happens i honestly i am hard to hold my mom yells at me every time i pick up the phone and, and like, where have you been? I've been trying to get, I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the perils of fame that, that it, it, it gets a little tiring yes. sometimes, right? It really does. Yeah. I was just talking to someone that you guys know and who's a friend of mine, Rebecca Kennedy. Yes. Um, she was helping me with a, a network audition the other day and we were just comparing our stories and our experiences and it's like, okay, we're both tired. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> on the right track. Yes, our forever guest. We, we love Rebecca to death. You could not be in better hands if Rebecca is helping you. She's an absolute gem. I, I tell everybody about her that I can. Like, go check out her stuff. Oh, so inspiring, honestly. <laughs> Us too. That's why she's been on the show like 400 yeah. <laughs> times. <laughs> There's a reason we call her forever guest. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Definitely, man. So at the moment, what project are you working on? How much can you tell us? Oh, gosh. There are legitimately so many projects coming down the pipeline. <laughs> um, <laughs> the one that uh, there's two that are are happening right now that I'm very excited about. One is my own project. Uh, sorry for my loss. That mm-hmm. uh, just a very personal story to me, and it's one of those films where it's it's very character driven. Mm. Learning to stand on your own two feet after maybe not feeling like enough or resentment or narcissistic abuse, and it really just shows the parallels between the two sides of the same relationship. Yes. And so we are in uh, pre-production with that one. We're solidifying dates and doing casting. I'm really excited. We, a good friend of mine, we co-wrote an original song for this project. And I've got another friend who's doing all the original score and a wonderful director in Sacramento. It's, it's coming together so beautifully. I, I'm just in awe that something I wrote is getting to this level. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing <laughs> feeling, isn't it? When you put your heart and soul into something and you see it come to life, it's like just crazy awesome, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, and again, I'm very thrilled that you guys were able to get that short film going and especially all the challenges that you hit in the pandemic and, it, and you did it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's a wonderful <laughs> feeling. It really is. And I mean, that's what we were talking about on set. It's a huge, like, I don't know, a boost of adrenaline because <laughs> you see, like, basically the project that you've been working on for, like, five months plus, like, in everybody else's hands and as, like, passionate about it as you are. Like, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, and I think that aids to my thought of set being my safe space mm-hmm. yes. to be creative because yes. we're all there for the same purpose. And 
And as far as any other actor who is just coming out and wanting to join this industry, um, it feels this way because I know I did. I was terrified of being on set and, and acting in general because I always thought if you do a certain move, it's embarrassing or oh, maybe I shouldn't do it this way or put, go all out because I don't want to look dumb. But in reality, like your people, that crew and the casting hired you to do a specific job and they want you to try everything and, and let yourself be free. And, and it's like, OK, great. Uh, these people's paychecks depend on me doing my job, so let me do it to the best of my ability. Right. And it, it's just set became the safe space. I can be as outrageous as I need to for the character or kind of be as silly as I want to be as long as it works and it gets the job done and gives um, good integrity to the story. Yeah, exactly. And on this set, it was my first ever time being on set and, of course, the directorial debut. But it was just like a very open, very collaborative set. Like everybody had their input. We had a couple of other newcomers as well that had never been on a set. And even they were given input, given their thoughts and opinions. So I thought that was an amazing thing that – they weren't too like scared or anxious to not speak up. So everybody was, it was like a family. It it's, really was. Yeah, that's like, exactly it was what it a is. very like humbling experience just to like Dustin and I were talking about this off air and it's just like, nothing is ever going to compare to that one for me, just because everybody got along so well. You would have thought these people have known each other for years and have worked <laughs> together before on projects, but like they just clicked like that. Like our first AC and our director of photography, like they worked so well together. Like director of photography was like, hey, go get this lens, go get this stand. And like first AC was like there. He was able to knock it out. Like it was just such an amazing feeling that it's going to be hard to top for the next one. Hopefully we can just bring everybody back. Well, well I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's in like light, right? right? You, you never forget your first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. That's, I mean, so, and as because you're doing it as a writer too. And so that's with our other project that the one that we've got to roll for you for, um, I mean, to, to see the character come off the page and come to life when an actor as skilled as you or another actor for, for anybody who's trying to do this, when you see somebody's talent bring something that came out of your head to life, right, off of that two-dimensional page and into into 3D life, it's an amazing feeling, man. Oh, yeah. Right? It's like, oh, wait yeah. a minute. That's real now. <laughs> so Yeah, and it, it's always interesting to see their interpretation. Because always. Because when you write it, you, you know how it's – it sounds in your head right and then someone looks at the scene and you're you have your emotions for it but they bring it a whole different light to you and you're like oh gosh i never thought of it that way and then and jared then you get that really rare occurrence like we did with you where your interpretation of the character and how you read it is exactly how we envisioned the character when we wrote it and that doesn't happen very often so when it does you just know that's right and, and so that that <laughs> Congratulations, man, because that, that was like, <laughs> yes, you. this is exactly how we planned on this character to be. All right, so we got to keep talking about you, though. Let's not talk about our project yeah. so much. Man. You're, you, 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 we've got a big one, right? You, the, the most decorated World War II hero, correct? You're getting ready to play this guy. Yeah, Reveille. Yes. Playing Audie, Audie Murphy. Literally a full circle dream come true moment for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Talk about it a little bit, what you can, because, you know. We know, we know. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that sweet NDA. Uh, <laughs> this is a project that I spoke with the writer and director, Michael Ackerman, very early on when he was um, developing the first draft of the script. And we talked about it, and it was just a phenomenal 
project. And I, I wanted to be a part of it so bad. And then we had a scheduling conflict on my end and I, I had to withdraw. And then we, he came back and was like, hey, I, I, I really want you to be a part of this project. Can we make it work? And uh, we did. COVID canceled a lot of other projects. And I was like, I'm available. Like, please like, let me in. <laughs> and, and then just Adi, his life and his legacy is phenomenal. This man was, it's not your typical war story where it's the hero. And I mean, he is a hero by any means, he's a legend, most decorated World War II veteran in United States history. Right. But he, in his book, he talks about, he's like, I, my, I didn't like war. My favorite part of war was when it ended. Mm. And I personally, being a, a military veteran, resonated with that. It's, you don't go into it because you love fighting. You go because you have a purpose of doing what's right and doing the best for your country. And that's what Adi did. He forged paperwork when he was underage so he could join the army. Wow. He wanted to do what's right for his country and he did it um, just relentlessly and very brave. And the fact that I get to portray this character and bring him back to life is just, I have to stop myself sometimes and just soak it in because I'm always rushing around. Definitely. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're, you're doing this. And the story that Michael's doing is a specific chapter out of Adi's book, To Hell and Back, where we're focusing on a war scene uh, between the U.S. and Germany. And, and what happens during that is the, we're focused on the psychological effect uh, that war does on someone. And what happens when you're face-to-face with an enemy trying to survive? And and people don't think about that because you you just go into it of I I have to defeat this this is my mission but look back at the person because at the end of the day everybody's a human being and you have feelings and you have families you are somebody's brother uh, uncle son whatever and that's what people need to think about because I know I thought about that every single day when I served in the Air Force absolutely I mean the guy behind the guy you know in front of you is the enemy but to him. He's just doing what he thinks is best for his country because that's what he's been taught. And that's why, you know, it, it's a great point to try to, to, to bring up because understanding war is war and, and the enemy is the enemy. But these people are just doing what they think is right as well. And they're human beings as well. And like you said, probably have a family. And, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's a difficult. That's an excellent way to tell a story, man. Yeah. And it's unlike any war film that I've, I've seen or read about because the way Michael and his team is, are going about this, it's so intricate and there's so much attention to detail. The advisors that they brought in is phenomenal. They're making sure every minute detail is historically correct. Mm. And I, the, between the props that we're having and location and the way production's going is we're, the cast is camping out that entire time of production. Wow. So we, so we can have, the wear and tear of the environment on us. Nice. Talk about and method. Yeah, that that's extreme. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just making sure, you know, not only is it physically um, the environment on us, but mentally how we're going through that and putting ourselves in their shoes the best that we can. Right. right? And I've, and I, I tell people I make this joke, I was like, I didn't even do anything this tough when I was in the military. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But you can hear the passion in your voice about it, about both your own project and about this one. And that's why you're going to knock it out of the park, man, because when you're so passionate about it and you can bring some life experience and your own experience into a character, I, I mean, that's how you connect. That's how the audience connects to it. And I think you're just going to slay it, man. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. You know we have high hopes for you. We're one of your biggest supporters. <laughs> you already know that. Uh, but, yes. man, like, 
this year, this past year has been crazy. Like you said, I mean, it was a crazy time to jump back into it. And during the pandemic, did you ever have self-doubt or were you just like trying to keep motivated and keep moving forward and trying to find the next project? Uh, I think everybody has those self-doubts. Um, and what I've learned and for any other actor as well is this industry can be lonely. Mm-hmm. And it's, especially if you're surrounded by people who, again, I was in Northern California. Right. And my inner circle didn't wasn't in entertainment or didn't know too much about it. And so I it was constantly being your own hype man and trying to find these projects and asking people is like, hey, can I jump on on there and just get some credit, get something going and just really grinding as hard as you can. And I was doing an interview last night and one of the questions was, you know, what advice do you have to to other actors? And the first thing is just you have to believe in yourself because why should other people believe in you if you don't? There you go. And and every day it's waking up and looking in the mirror and thinking, you can do this. You are here for a reason. It doesn't matter if anyone supports you. As long as you got you, you can do this. Mm. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing too because, I mean, we also talk about a lot of with a lot of people how – Support system. Support system is a big thing, but you sometimes you have to be your own support system. Like, even though when you're having the down days, when you're having like the mental health struggles, it's it's important to try to at least do a little something to keep moving forward because if you miss a day, you're not going to get that day back. Right. And it's just constantly practicing. Even on days where there's no audition, it's just researching monologues and practicing and seeing how deep I can go into an emotion, an emotional state. Right. Uh I'm an emotional person by by trade, so yeah, me too. No. I, I cry no. at everything. It's Come fine. on! <laughs> oh, everything! I get emotional for everything. I would just but, went and watched the new Space Jam today, and I, I like damn near cried. Like it was, yeah. <laughs> it's everything. Oh gosh, I'm gonna I'm going to see that soon. Yeah, I need to. Good luck. I gotta be prepared. Good luck. <laughs> Well, okay, so you have been doing all this stuff though, right? And you are an emotional guy and you get into it and you haven't hardly cat. So, so we have to know there has to be an embarrassing moment somewhere, right? Like on set or I mean, you have <laughs> what's the most embarrassing the thing that's ever happened or that you've ever done on set? Uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I pick one, Jared. <laughs> Um, I would I would say it's embarrass I felt embarrassed doing it, but I couldn't control it. Um I was on set on June 7th. My birthday's June 6th. Okay. And I was on set the next day having a good time. And there was a knock at the door. And long story short, the cast and crew surprised me with a birthday cake. And they were all singing to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I just start bawling. <laughs> and I'm in my suit. I'm ready for the scene. It's a very, like, um, sexual scene. Is what it was. <laughs> right. Kind of like flirting back and forth. And um, and then you go from, you know, Jared Becker portraying this sexy man who's trying to swoon these people to an emotional baby who's crying. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, crap. Now they have to look at me and be like, all right, we're back in character. Let's do this. Right. That for me, I was like, oh, that was really embarrassing. I'm sorry. That's hilarious. Well, I'll give you one of my own. Um, my freshman year of high school, I was uh, in the Beauty and the Beast, and it was one of the um, like kind of the ransack scenes where Gaston's people come into the castle, try to find the beast, and I was one of Gaston's cronies. And at one point in time, the candlestick guy 
was supposed to burn my butt and I was supposed to like jump up and like run away. And so he does this. He puts his candlesticks like basically up my ass and I jump <laughs> and completely fall flat on my face. And the audience just starts laughing, busting out crazy. And I just get up with pride and run off stage. Like it was absolutely <laughs> wild. Probably as a professional does. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> the beauty of theater. Ah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I don't know how y'all do it with, with theater and live shows. I like being on set where we can do multiple takes but theater you guys it's live yeah exactly you have <laughs> you to up, you figure out how to get yourself out of that situation even if you forget lines anything like that and performing for the back so you have to like basically yell everything so but i mean you know it's fun it definitely is fun would you ever think about going into theater as much as it terrifies me i still would yeah that's awesome because yeah I have a lot of friends who do theater and I've got friends on Broadway and I ask them like, you know, how, how is it? Like what? And you just rehearse so much that it becomes second nature. Yeah. And, and you, like you said, you just roll with it. I would do it for sure. I would, I would need a year to, to rehearse. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely I would something do it. crazy to prepare for. What about a little bit of directing or like some camera work or editing, anything like that interest you? You know, it really does. Cause as I write, I'm a very visual person. <laughs> and so I, I see it all play out and I can look at the different cam <laughs> camera angles in my head. Mm -hmm. So I make the notes in the script and I sent to the director and he's a, a friend of mine and he's very open to my input. I'm like, this is what I need this to look like for like this specific scene. There you go. Yeah. So I, I think it's um, really amazing how these people work directors and cameramen and to get these shots. And yeah, let me, let me master one craft. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like, hold and on. Let I, me get this first. I'm yeah. pretty sure you just created a new terminology for, for the industry. Kangle. Yeah. I heard that. I These are the kangles <laughs> I want. That's camera angles. Kangle. You know, <laughs> kangle. I, I, now we need a t-shirt with that kangle. That's fantastic. You see, my face is so red right now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey, when that hashtag Kangle becomes a thing, man, that's all you, okay? That's all me. <laughs> that's so freaking funny. But I mean, you're a busy guy, so I'm wondering if you've had any time to watch any new movies or watch any shows. What have you been binging, man? Yeah, um, Shit's Creek. For okay. Ever. Yeah, I heard that's uh, really good. I love uh, Eugene and Dan Levy, mm -hmm. and I think they're phenomenal people. Uh, the other one just wandavision yes and yes. everything marvel uh lizzie olsen is one of my favorite people in the world and if i could work with anybody it would it would have to be her uh, and the fact that you call her lizzie then see you know you're a true fan right because yeah. it's lizzie that, that's it <laughs> so yes oh my god yeah so i totally agree if there's anybody that i would ever want to put in a film it would be lizzie she's fantastic so uh you know maybe you two together maybe logan and i can direct you two together oh my god that'd be epic listen we'll make it work but <laughs> i got so happy and excited when she got nominated for her emmy right? yes yeah and i was like it's it's well deserved she was amazing in, in every other project and i just was like this is, is very well deserved exactly and i mean it's kind of surprising to me as well because the industry has kind of been trying to like shy away from the superhero shows and the superhero movies and like you know the star wars stuff but mandalorian got 
like tied with the most Emmy nominations and um, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier got nominated for a whole bunch of stuff. So, I mean, yeah. the future is bright for Disney, man. The future is really bright. Yeah. Um, I would say the other show that I just started watching was Hacks mm-hmm. on HBO. Yeah. Gene Smart is phenomenal. And um, there's a quote that she did and one of the episodes, like early on episodes, like episode two or three. And she says, in this industry, being good is the minimum. It's the baseline. You have to be so much more than good. And even if you're great and lucky, you still have to work really hard. Mm. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And it's, I think about this because I have friends who have been doing this longer than I have. Mm -hmm. And I'm here by pure luck. And I'm very grateful and blessed. And I, I do work my tail off. And they're like, you know what? what's your secret? What did you do? And I was like, I annoyed people. And so they got me the job, <laughs> but no, but it's like, I practice very hard and, and everyone should practice an, an athlete. Someone doesn't wake up one day. and like, I'm going to go play football and score the winning touchdown. No, they athletes train for hours and hours a day, seven days a week to be the best that they can. And an actor, a director, a writer should do the exact same thing. Yeah, you you hear it all the time. If you're an actor, act. If you're a director, direct. I mean that yeah. that's what you do. You're not a writer unless you're writing. So yeah, you're exactly right. You've got to exercise the craft. You got to practice at it. You got to work at it every single day, all the time. That's what you do. Yeah. And then you get rejected ninety nine percent of the time. But that's this industry, yeah. right? You know. <laughs> I I learned that it is. Um, someone said this to me about being rejected, and they're like, it's not. It's not a rejection. It's a not right now. The, and I'm exactly. Like, Did you give me the part? <laughs> like, no. I'm like, mm, you kind of reject me for the part, but I get what you're. I get where you're going. With that. That's hilarious. Oh my goodness. Well, listen, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show and getting of a little course. crazy. We really appreciate it. And definitely, anytime that you want to come back on, we have a whole industry news segment. As you know, we can deep dive into the entertainment industry. We know you got some thoughts and opinions about everything, so that would be a whole so lot of fun. Thoughts and opinions. <laughs> but before we let you go i mean we normally do the piece of advice for actors but you've been sprinkling that everywhere so we're gonna skip that one and go into what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid for an actor trying to come up in the entertainment industry um pitfalls uh understand that you don't know everything Mm. yes there there are people that walk around that think i did a commercial i'm the best thing in this town i know absolutely everything and you don't you never stop learning uh, and be humble and in a world where you can be anybody, just be yourself. Mm, so good. Yeah, that's really good. That's, I mean, <laughs> whoo, I've known a few of those people that think they know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, him and I talk about it all the time, Jared. And like, basically, we think once you think you know everything, that's when you're done. Because this entertainment, like this industry changes so often, like literally every single day something changes. So like you're nonstop learning. There's no way you're going to know everything. So you have to keep going and keep going with the waves, man. I mean, you got to ride them to get to that next point. Absolutely. All right. So now the next thing we're going to do is we, we know we are, we're going to link, by the way, your crowdfunding for your, for your film because that's extremely important and we want to make sure everybody gets an opportunity to check that out. So we will definitely do that. But the, I, we know you just got a new publicist and you're rocking and rolling, but uh, it, we're still going to tell everybody where they can follow you. So, Jared, tell everybody where they can follow you. Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at jaredbecker93. And I'm there and I'm posting all my updates, my projects, and any fun, exciting things that are happening in my life. You'll, you'll be the first one to know right there. There you go. 
Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Well, listen, thank you again. We appreciate it so much. You always know we're here for you if you need anything. And uh, yeah, man, it was just a blast talking to you. And the fans are really going to enjoy this one. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And you have a great rest of your night. Of course. You too, man. You as well. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. See bye. ya. I just love talking to him, man. He's so like inspirational. Like, He's not afraid to do things. He's like, no, I mean, I got to do whatever it takes, even if it means annoying people, you know? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I mean, you know, and I love what he said. I'm just going to get on the IMDb, and I'm going to look for open casting calls, and I'm going to submit to all of them, and I'm going to see what I get. I mean, that's the way you do it. <laughs> like, just what a great guy. Man. Exactly, exactly. Thank you again, Jared Becker, for coming on the show. Alrighty, it is time for the top five segment. Thank you so much for getting a little crazy with us, but now it is time to get even more crazy. That's because right. it is top five Tom Cruise movies this week. <laughs> and I gotta say, Tom Cruise sucks. <laughs> I mean, he's got good movies, but man, this guy sucks. I know, I know. That's I, I'm sure that's what everybody was thinking when they read that we were going to be doing this because I constantly say how much I just do not like Tom Cruise. But you love but his But you cannot movies. deny that he's got, like, the best fucking movies. Like, I'm super pumped to see Maverick. I'm not going to lie. I can't wait till it comes out. It's just like, he's got fucking good movies. Right. I just, what are you going to do? I know. What are you going to do? This asshole. Fucking... Uh, <laughs> So my number five goes to basically the whole Mission Impossible franchise because, I mean, this is basically something that he's made sure that stayed alive since, like, oh, yeah. what, 2000 or some stupid shit like yeah. that? Before that, maybe. Like, he just keeps putting these things out and doesn't seem to stop anytime soon. And they're, I mean, of course, they're the classic just action flick there's a problem somebody's chasing him like he gets it done but i mean they're entertaining that's really all i'm asking for when i go to the movies to be entertained so yeah i mean yeah my number five the whole mission impossible franchise <laughs> there you go my number five is um i just i just gotta say it and i know first of all before i even start you guys are all thinking 80s 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 you thought i was coming with all the right moves for or sure. risky business or something like that but i did not i'm choosing things out of the 80s and i'm okay with that it's fine it's good now, okay, my number five, Cocktail. Cocktail it's with Elizabeth Shue, Brian Brown, Tom Gr Basically about this army guy that gets out of the army and he wants to be like this hugely successful business guy, wants to become a millionaire or whatever, but he takes a job working at, at a bar and he's a bartender and he comes across this guy that's like kick-ass doing so all these good. spinning yeah. kind of things and like all these tricks with the drinks and he basically kind of learns this gig and whatever, eventually opens up a bar in Jamaica and is like kicking ass or whatever kind of doing it and becomes a millionaire, right? Yeah. But I mean, it, it's Elizabeth Shue... And Tom Cruise, probably like Elizabeth Shue at the height of, right after Karate Kid and everything, like when she's just slamming it. And Brian Brown, who plays the the mentor, you know. It's a fantastic fucking movie. It is a good one. Uh, it, it, much like Top Gun, Cocktail made everybody want to be a fucking bartender. Like, if that's the life, let's just go be, a, you know, flipping drinks and shit. So, Cocktail, my number five, Hell man. yeah, man. Hell yeah. Uh, number four and three are definitely movies that Tom Cruise was just in and not the main star. But, you know, it's Tom Cruise film, so I went with it. <laughs> uh, number four was Tropic Thunder. I mean, he was absolutely hilarious. I mean, he had, like, the fake bald toupee thing on and was, like, overweight and, like, the hilarious agent for Robert Downey Jr. So I thought he made a very nice, like, cameo in that film that made the film 
all that more better. Um, that film has not aged as well as I'm sure people have hoped, and I'm sure some of the actors wish they could unattach themselves to that one. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. The past is the past, and we can only move forward. Hey, look, fa- fact is, that character, though, the agent, went over so well and was so popular that they are still talking about doing a movie with that character with yeah so i mean you can't take away tom cruise's you know contribution to that film exactly fucking hilarious all right my number four new orleans i lived there forever i you know kind of i mean how could i not put this one on there and rice's brilliant interview with the vampire i've never even heard of this film I'm, I swear, I've never even. How heard of the this fuck show. have you not heard of this? Especially when your hair boy's in there, Brad Pitt. <laughs> Brad fucking Pitt. Who's not in this movie? Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Antonio Banderas, Kirsten Dunst, Christian Slater. Like, how the fuck have you not heard of this movie? This must have been the one that he really wanted to get out of, but could not get out of. I, it, it, I don't know, but it's it's <laughs> it's a brilliant fucking movie. Interview with the Vampire. Cruise and and Pitt playing vampires and. Maybe a little love there. little love. Christian Slater is the one doing the interview with the vampire. Kirsten Dunst, very, very young Kirsten Dunst, um, bitten and, and, and taken into the love affair with the two vampires, um, if you will. Um, it's, it's a huge film. It's, it's, if you're into Anne Rice and vampires and all of the stuff that she kind of – this is the film for you if you haven't seen it. I just don't even know how you haven't seen it. <laughs> See it, Interview with the Vampire. And if you look really closely and you'd go frame by frame very slowly throughout, yeah, I'm just going to say, you might see me. Might you see might him. see me. <laughs> I was in there in, in the background as an uncredited extra in the crowd scene somewhere. Find me. Find just him. find me. Uh, make it a game. Where's Dustin? <laughs> Where's Dustin? <laughs> Uh, my number three for me, like I said, just featured in it, and this was one of the blink and you miss them kind of, but mm. I mean, it's such a good movie, so mm. I mean, I have to talk about it. The Outsiders. Yeah, Tom Cruise was in The Outsiders. He was a part of the gang. Um, I forget what his name was, but he was a part of it. He's the guy that did a backflip <laughs> off the car. Yes. And so, I mean, he was just, his little tiny scenes that he had, he knocked him out of the park. So, bravo, Tom Cruise. I'm in love with Katie Holmes. I'm in love with Katie Holmes. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My number three, it has to be on the list. If it's not on your list as a favorite Tom Cruise movie, I don't know what's wrong with you. Something is wrong with you. I'm, of course, talking about Aaron Sorkin's brilliant A Few Good Men. Rob Reiner directed, Aaron Sorkin written, brilliantly performed by every actor in there. Of course, Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore, Kevin Pollack, Kevin Bacon, like... So many good sit there in your faggoty white uniform. That, by the way, that would never fly again. No, no, no. but you know, and the big speech. Did you order the code red? Right, you want me on that wall. You need me on that. Just this whole fucking movie is brilliant. It's it started off as a play by Sorkin, it ends up as a movie with Rob Reiner, and it, it's it's likely probably. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it's likely Jack Nicholson's greatest performance, mm. and he's had like you know. A shit ton of fucking great performances. but And Cruz, I'm going to just say it, held his own against Nicholson. Yeah. That scene, that did you order the code red scene in the, in, in the end there, he held his own against Nicholson, which is not easy to do. No. Not at all. So, uh, yeah, my number three, A Few Good Men. Very good. Very good. Mm. Uh, my number two goes to Rain Man. 
Yeah. 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 122 toothpicks on the floor. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this one I Bang! just recently watched for the first time, and it was amazing, honestly. I mean, the chemistry between Dustin Hoffman, I mean, he just knocks it out of the park. Oh, yeah. He is one yeah. of the all-time greatest ever. Very much like what's eating Gilbert Grape type level you know leo um just saying you gotta throw leo in there whenever i can um but rain man i mean tom cruise is really good at playing an asshole that gets redeemed because that's who he is he's an asshole that gets redeemed by his movies so yeah and i mean you know i kind of didn't like how that one ended though i mean they yeah, just no, kind of yeah, like yeah. sent him off on the train and that was it i like, know you know Poor Charlie. Yeah, poor Charlie. Charlie Babbitt had to send his brother off. Exactly. Charlie, Charlie Babbitt. Charlie, yeah. Char- Charlie Babbitt. Yeah, 97X. Bam. <laughs> By the way, that's the future of rock and roll, if you didn't know. <laughs> and Kmart sucks. All right. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, my number two. You know it. You love it. You've got the need for speed. It's how you learned how to high-five and low-five at the same time. Come on. Well, of course, you know. Uh, take her home or lose her forever. There's so many great things in this movie that it's – it's the best. And honestly, the greatest recruitment tool ever for the United States Navy. Oh, yeah. I'm, of course, talking about Top Gun. Yeah. This movie is one of the all-time best movies ever. I'm just going to say it. I'm excited to see the the sequel, Maverick, with Miles Teller and everything. I, I'm just going to be blown away. But this movie is like... I mean, everybody wanted to be Maverick and Goose. Or if you were like an asshole, you wanted to be Iceman. But either or, or Wolfman, or just any of them, all the call signs were fucking fantastic. You wanted to be riding down on your fucking motorcycle on the runway chasing the fucking jet. You know you did. You wanted to be in the fucking danger zone. You know it. You love it. Highway 2, bitches. Um, look, inverted bullshit. Yeah, you remember inverted line? Yeah. Guys, I'm just saying, it, it's probably, probably should be at the top of the list, but it's not for me. But it should be probably. Uh, top Gun. And um, yeah, I mean, fuck, man. Meg Ryan and fucking Anthony Edwards and Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise. Like, how can you not love this fucking movie? Right. Um, it's, it's badass. I mean, <laughs> and I wasn't kidding about it. At, when that movie came out, it was so popular that the Navy started setting up recruitment tables outside of the theaters and they signed they had like the the biggest surge of naval recruitment enrollees in history because they all wanted to be fucking top gun pilots yeah <laughs> maybe less than 1% actually yeah, fucking exactly. became one but they all signed up they were all on the aviator glasses and and plus you you've lost that love and fe- I mean there's so many epic parts of this movie it had to be there it had of to be course there. top of course. gun top yes gun. i mean now i mean we went to captain marvel about two years ago and there i mean any film that has anything to do with any sort oh, of yeah. branches of the military they're at the movie theaters waiting for you to come out uh, number one for me is you had me at hello oh jerry, jerry mcguire yeah so good show me the money <laughs> Like, I mean, it was, I mean, another example of asshole turned into good guy trying to figure it out. Um, but this one also, I, when I was watching it, I was like, ooh, this one probably didn't age well either. Like, but, I mean, for its time period, you have to put yourself back. Don't, yeah. Just watch it. Just watch it. Be like, you know, entertain. Have fun. But, yeah. Number one for me, Jerry Maguire. 
Tom Cruise, Renee Zellweger, when she still looked okay and was still okay just as a person. But yeah, that's when everybody was fine. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, everybody. Uh, our boy Jerry O'Connell's in that one. Yeah. yeah. Troy Aikman's in that one. Like, there's so many good people in that movie. Okay, all right. Yeah. All right, my number one and the only reason that it's above Top Gun is because you guys hear me talk about this over and over and over all the time. I'm infatuated with, in love with um, ancient Japanese culture, the Shogun era, the the ninjas, the, the, you know, the imperial palaces, um, everything. So... My number one only makes sense that it's The Last Samurai. Uh, it's fucking brilliant. I'm sorry, but it you can hate Tom Cruise all you want to, but he's fantastic in this film, and it's beautiful. It's the most beautifully shot Tom Cruise film I've ever seen. Um, it, it's just, it's absolutely brilliant. It's basically about this Civil War, uh, you know, hero, if you will, but he's kind of a wash-up and has been at this point. Um, and he's hired as a military advisor to go over and help the West defeat Japan. You know, and, and basically, you know, get rid of the imperial uh, palaces and the emperors and, and all that kind of stuff. Introduction of the Gatlin machine gun and all that kind of stuff. Well, he gets over there and he's captured by the samurai <laughs> and uh, he learns their culture. And and by the way, Ken Watanabe just fucking brilliant as uh, the, the head samurai, right? Um, but basically, they convert Tom Cruise and he... he the last samurai he fights with them against the fucking americans and, and goes down in battle trying to defend because he learns the culture and he learns what they're all about and he comes to appreciate what it all means and i think that's why i love it so much because i'm so indoctrined into that that philosophy and that and that kind of background and, and and kind of stuff like that so just brilliant if you haven't seen it really check it out it's fucking fantastic i even have the sword i have the last samurai sword i do i, I do and that's where i became a huge fan of ken watanabe yeah he's brilliant like he's absolutely brilliant and just yeah yeah there it is last guys. Samurai. Uh, we let, still fucking hate tom cruise yeah but, you, you know. know let us know your top five tom cruise movies we want to know be sure to comment all that good stuff on social media we love the fan interaction yes uh or if you just want to say you hate tom cruise just tell us you hate tom cruise it's fine we don't care it's fine <laughs> tom come on the show and debate us exactly do it exactly. do it actually let us know how you feel about vaccines and prescription Ooh. drugs and riddlin <laughs> Yeah. And Katie Holmes. And Katie Holmes. Uh, anyway, going over to the box office recap, like we've been talking about, Black Widow blew everything out of the water last week, which well-deserved. I mean, awesome Marvel movie to come back to the theaters with. Yes. Uh, they pulled in $80 million at the number one spot. Yes. F9, the Fast Saga, pulled in at $10.9 million at the number two slot. Number three was The Boss Baby Family Business, pulled in $8.7 million. Number four was The Forever Purge, pulled in $6.7 Still million. Still want to see that. Um, and number five was The Quiet Pace Part 2, pulled in $3 million. I and, watched it at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Movies that are coming out this weekend that you can go see right now. Space Jam, A New Legacy, Out of Death, Escape Room, Tournament of Champions, Pig, and a uh, Die in a Gunfight. Mm. Damn. 
Um, so, okay. funny story about Space Jam. Like, you know, I mean, it's very much structured. It's very much the same template as the original Space Jam. Sure, sure. So, not giving too much away. They're losing in the first half, and they come into the locker room, and they're like, man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, and Donald... Donald Duck comes back into the locker room. He's like, you guys, you won't believe it. I found Michael Jordan. He was out there. He was in the crowd. He's in there. He's going to come help us. And, like, it's a slow-mo of somebody coming in. I mean, the guy's wearing Jordan shoes. Like, it's a silhouette of the person. He comes in, and it's Michael B. Jordan. Nice. And they're like, you couldn't fucking find Michael A. Jordan. You got to find B. (laughs) Jordan. And it was just so funny. And Michael B. was just like, I was just at the line getting popcorn, and this duck, like, pulled me in the locker room. I don't know what's going on. but That's hilarious. Good job. Good luck, King James. You came back 3-1. Yeah, yeah. So it's really good. And they also reference Bob Knight, Indiana, IU Hoosiers, Bob Knight throwing the chair on the floor. Of so, course. I mean, I just absolutely love that part. Okay. Um, movies you can still go see right now are Cruella, The Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife, Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, In the Heights, and Zola. I want to see Zola. I, yeah. It was at our theater, and then it got bumped this yeah. weekend for you know. But I'm hoping there's still one around because yeah. I, I really want to see it. Yeah, looks really good. Next one I really want to see is that Drew Bell. There, it's only open on Thursday, next Thursday. So it's like shit. I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wahlberg, man. Yeah. Congrats on the Billionaires Club, buddy. Seriously, seriously. You want to finance us? <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, now heading over to the IMDb Pro Top Trending segment. Man, we love this app. You guys already know how we feel about it. We hold it near and dear to our heart. It's so good. It is. Um, it is. The top trending movie is The Tomorrow War, which you watched it. I did, and it was not what I expected. I thought it was going to be like a knockoff of The Edge of Tomorrow or something like that. Not. It's actually a really entertaining movie, and Chris Pratt is phenomenal in it. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Sets up a sequel, and um, uh, yeah. And... <laughs> Man, oh, I mean, just like everybody's jacked in that film. Like, like everybody is jacked in that film. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch it and you'll see, and you'll be like, "Damn, that's hilarious!" Yeah, it's fucking funny as shit. But it's a really good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and by no surprise, the top trending TV show is Loki. Yeah, so good, man, so good. I wonder if it's gonna hold that spot for the next couple weeks until What If comes out. And I also want to see how What If what their uh, viewership numbers are going to be because i mean you know animated and kind of like an anime format so i don't know if it's going to be as high as the other three were i don't know yeah it's going to be very interesting and the top trending star is yovani strasaski who is chris pratt's daughter yeah Grown daughter. Grown daughter. If you don't know what the fuck i'm talking about watch it tomorrow watch it watch (laughs) it amazon prime baby amazon prime well, thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 166 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We got to thank our guest one more time, Jared Becker, for coming on the yes. show and getting a little crazy. Be sure to follow him at Jared Becker on Instagram. If you guys know, you can follow on, follow us on social media. Uh, we're at Crazy Ant Media and at ItCaf Podcast yes, on are. all social media platforms. Well, you can follow us both personally on social media. Myself, at JLo Fantastic and at Crazy Ant Guy 1970. That's right. That's right. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, I'm talking Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. If you're watching this video on YouTube, 
we really freaking appreciate it. We've got to get our YouTube numbers up, so we're really focusing in on that. You guys know you can like the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring the bell for all of those latest and greatest crazy ant notifications get right sent to your phone. It's an amazing thing, man. It's it is amazing an amazing thing. thing. And you guys know you can visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear. Follow us on social media so you can know when the promotions will be so you can get the 15 the 20 percent the free shipping all that good stuff and of course we got our pride merch we got our classic film merch it's so freaking amazing we got something for everybody guys so be sure to head over there and start looking a little crazy good yes so but yeah man i mean this was honestly a really fun show it was we a had really fun show. like so many different parts that I thoroughly enjoyed. Obviously, Jared coming on the show, and I mean, I my head was growing so big it could not be contained inside <laughs> this room the way this man was talking about us. Like, it just made me feel so good. It made me feel good that, I mean, other people feel this way about us because, I mean, we put out so much good into the world. And, you know, sometimes we get some negativity back, but it's always good to hear those positive words of encouragement. I agree with you. And, like, uh, you know, uh, we say it over and over, and I post about it all the time. It's like my main goal in life is to inspire people. If you can just inspire one person and to hear him say something like, it's because of us that now he's doing what he's did because we believed in his talent and right. made him think. Then that's worth everything to us. Like that's that's worth more than money, more than the fame, success. To hear that we inspired somebody to live the life they want to live and do what they want to do, that's priceless, man. Agreed, agreed. But I mean, talking about the Emmys, talking about like Marvel, Marvel is just on top of the world. Disney is just on top of the world. Wait until all these Star Wars shows also start hitting yeah. at the same time as Marvel. They're they're going to pass like all the other streamers oh, yeah. so yes. quickly. It's going to be crazy. But I mean, yeah. What was your favorite? I yeah, Well, obviously, anytime Duh. we talk about superhero stuff, I mean, obviously, Marvel rules. Um, and, and yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the interview as well. And um, <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I fucking loved the top five. Like, <laughs> fuck you, Tom Cruise. Yeah, like, fuck you. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, it's so great. I mean, anytime we can poke fun and, 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 and have a good laugh over something, you know, it's always a fun time. And and those are my favorite parts of the show. Exactly. Exactly. It was a really good one. And you guys know we conclude it the way we do all of our shows (laughs) by showing the appreciation to the one, the only Oprah. Oprah.